Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan, crusted chicken, or garlic, butter, shrimp, scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. The following on podcast is proudly sponsored by Barbados Tourism. Before we kick off the show, I just wanted to take a moment to remind you that the ICC Men's Cricket T20 World Cup Final is taking place in Barbados this summer. This, by default, gives all of my fellow cricket fanatics the perfect excuse to go and book a holiday to Barbados in June and experience firsthand the euphoric atmosphere at the Kensington Oval the cricket mecca of the Caribbean. If the cricket alone isn't enough to tempt you, then let me be the one to remind you that a trip to Barbados can also include leisurely strolls along the breathtaking coastline, mouth-watering flavours of the world-class Bayesian cuisine, and, of course, plenty of rum. Head to visitbarbados.org forward slash cricket today to book the trip of a lifetime to Barbados, the best place to be a cricket fan. Hello and welcome to the following on podcast from Talk Sport. I'm John Norman and reunited with Jared Kimber for a look back at day one of the third test match between England and West Indies from Old Trafford. Plenty to chat about. When isn't there? After uh, a seesaw day of fortune, saw uh, Raheem Cornwall finally play a test uh, in England, much to Jarrah's delight, um, and then bowl a couple of pies along the way. You're listening to the following on podcast. Well, you know by now that it was the West Indies who called correctly at the toss. Jason Holder for the second match in a row, deciding to insert England uh, and for a second match in a row, possibly regretting that. For despite early success, Sibley departing for a duck, root run out needlessly for 17 uh, and a rare failure for Ben Stokes. Uh, 50 for Burns before he was fourth out for 122, uh, as well as Pope, who's nine short of a century. And Joss Butler as well, after a slow start weighing in with some runs. And an unbroken partnership of over 100 for the fifth wicket, turning the tide England's way. Plenty to discuss, but what exactly is Story of the Day? Story of the Day. Well, the big story of the day and the week is that the Kimber family uh, went from a uh, a four to a five. Um, how has the last seven been, been mate? Uh, have you had any sleep? And uh, have you actually been allowed to watch cricket? Well, I don't know about you, but there's something about the actual very infant newborn. You can you can actually just sort of hold them. They don't do much, and you watch a bit of cricket. So uh, we were in the hospital for a lot longer than uh, we wanted to be at times, and so uh, I spent a lot of that with my phone in front of me, <laughs> uh, watching the games uh, with my uh, with my daughter asleep on top of me or around me. So uh, I've, I've watched I've watched a little bit, to be fair. Um, I watched all of today, but occasionally, again. There was uh, a baby on top of me. Yeah, I mean, I do miss that. That first uh, two or three months of a new baby where they're so small and tiny, they sleep so much, you can just plonk them on your chest and pretty much get on with your day. Anyway, let's talk about today and story of the day. 
which at one point uh, seemed to be going towards um, the West Indies, the the, uh, the execution of their um, attritional lines of bowling, and has just morphed into uh, Joss Butler rejuvenation and just how good is Ollie Pope? Yeah, I mean, for me, it was certainly an Ollie Pope uh, day. I think he was incredible. Joss Butler... Again, didn't I don't think he did anything that uh, that made me think he was uh, the saviour any more than he had in his previous 43 tests, if I'm being honest. It was incredible, actually, listening to Sky them talk him up and go, 31's not ba- that bad of an average. It's just like, hang on, that's a bang ordinary average for a guy who hasn't even always been a permanent wicketkeeper. Now, he batted at six at times as well. Some of the nonsense that's been said about his strike rate is now lower than Kane Williamson's. Um, so, and when you watch him and you watch Ollie Pope today, how can you not see one guy looks like he's the absolute future of Test cricket? And the other guy's like, geez, I'm, I hope I can hold on here. Uh, he had a couple of nice sixes. Probably should have, the new ball came, should have nicked off straight away. Was almost bowled straight away. Um, but I think probably the biggest error was West Indies are so afraid of their own batting at the moment that they made it, that they brought in an extra spinner and then they bowled first. Um, lucky for them, Shannon Gabriel wasn't injured. So I, I think Ollie Pope and the West Indies are making. I wouldn't even. I wouldn't say that they made one single error, but throughout all their different movements, they sort of made a combined error there. I think are the two biggest stories of the day. Yeah, I agree with the uh, the Butler comments. I thought he was worrying at the start of his innings, unable to rotate the strike. I could see Tim Woodmore's getting some absolute stick on social media, but. I can see what, what Tim was saying. Maybe it was a bit of a clunky tweet, but the point is he, he didn't rotate the strike. He was inviting pressure on. Then as the ball reaches over 70 and, you know, 65 and 70, uh, Cornwall uh, bowling off spin on day one of a test match gets clumped a couple of times. Everybody's raving about Butler again, but there's Butler against the old ball and there's Butler against the new ball. Hmm. He, and, and also he had the pressure taken off him by how well Pope batted. You know, and if that's the case, that well, that's the opposite of what Butler has been brought in to do. It's Butler's Butler's batting that's supposed to take pressure off everyone else. That's supposed to transform the way England play. He can make a hundred in this match. Nothing of my opinion of him will have changed. They've basically sacrificed uh, Johnny Bairstow for him, uh, and uh, you know whatever's gone on with Ben Folks, I'll never truly understand. They brought in a specialist number seven batsman, which took them from being the most all-round cricket team in the world to being weirdly having a specialist number seven when I think I found two other uh, specialist number sevens in the last 10 years in test cricket that aren't Josh Butler. It, it doesn't make any sense. So, you know, and, and Pope, you watch him. There's a man who knows how to score comfortably in test match cricket. I'd, he was a bit streaky at times as well today, but he just looks on a different level at the ability that he has to rotate the strike, to put pressure back on the bowlers, which at this stage, Josh Butler doesn't have. And if he doesn't have it after 44 test matches, he can make 150 in, in this innings. Nothing will change my mind on, on what he has done to the, uh, the way the England team, the England team has lined up. Uh- and West Indies, as you mentioned as well, you would have thought that Jason Holder would have learnt after the second Test match, wouldn't you? I mean, how how bad does he think his batting is? And I don't think I've ever seen a captain decide to bowl after bringing in a spinner. Bowl first, after bringing in a spinner um, for one of their strike bowlers. It was really strange tactics from a captain who has got a lot of plaudits, but there's a little bit, a little bit of criticism about his defensive uh, outlook. Part of me was almost thinking... You know, he's looked at the weather forecast. He's realised that maybe 
there's more chance of a draw if England have to bowl West Indies out twice in three days rather than batting first and risking being skittled um, in first innings. Very bizarre. Yeah, I, I'm, not to mention that they've strengthened their batting for this particular test match because Rakeem Cornwall will bat, where will he bat, eight or nine? Uh, you know, it strengthens them again. I mean, Azara Joseph is not a bad player, but Rakeem Cornwall, you know, will, if he plays 50 tests, he's going to make a couple of hundreds in, in test match cricket and they're not going to take long. So they've they, they've strengthened their batting a little bit in this particular match and, and they've made this, this bizarre... Um, I mean, I've been following Jason Holder for a long time, very closely. He gets a lot of plaudits for being a sensible young man and for being a good leader of men. He doesn't get a lot of plaudits for being tactically aware. He doesn't get, and people talk about that a lot. I mean, 2015 World Cup, I I did a couple of West Indies games. His tactics are bizarre at times. And today just seemed like, maybe you've read it correctly, but it just seems like a very silly thing to do. Um, and they get a lot right, West Indies cricket, at the moment. They're, they're a grafting, defensive, tight-knit team. We've talked about that a lot on this podcast. They're getting a lot right. But it, it just seems like today they didn't put themselves in the best position to win a game. Um, even little things like Roston Chase was uh, spinning. Uh, sorry, Rakeem Cornwall came on and was spinning the ball sideways. Why not bring Roston on? Obviously, at that point, there's a little bit of moisture in the wicket. Let's try and spin it sideways from both ends. Uh, I, I find Holder a very interesting captain, and I'm not sure he made the right decision there. Moment of the day. Well, there was a lot of excitement when Raheem Cornwall played. I mean, you've been talking about him for a while. Um, you know, he took a superb instinctive catch at first slip. I don't think he bowled particularly well. But um, all I could think of, and I said this on TalkSport, was, can you imagine the crowd would be going absolutely off the wall every single time he came on to bowl, wouldn't they? Wouldn't they? Yeah, I mean, Rick King Cornwall is the moment of the day, even when he doesn't do anything, uh, if, if we're being fair. Uh, that, I mean, that catch is, if you've played cricket, you realise how ridiculously hard that catch is. Um, but also, it's not just that he takes the catch, it's also he stands there and doesn't even really celebrate the moment. He's, he's, such, a, he's such a weirdly shy, giant creature of a human being. I, I think you're right. I don't think he bowled that well today. I think Roston Chase out-bowled him, and I think Roston is trying to make a point. Um, as well and saying, look, uh, everyone's talking about this other bloke. I think I can do that. But you, you see the the talent and the sort of the basic cricket instincts that he has. But another moment of the day, if we can peel ourselves away from Rakeem, and we shouldn't, but if we can peel ourselves away just for a moment, is Joe Root running himself out, which is just, I think we're getting close to a reckoning in test cricket where we must be thinking, what on earth uh, run out, you know, th- that run for me, that looked like a captain going, I'm not sure Rory's going to last against the off spinner here. I'm going to have to get him off straight. It's such a risky um, decision to make. Um, that's, that's how I read the situation. It might be wrong, but there was never, a, there was never a test match run in that. Mm. It was such a weird, and Ross and Chase is a brilliant fielder as well. He must took that other catch later on with Ollie Pope's guide one. There was a moment today when Joe Root held, held a shot, um, and I just thought it was a, a quite a strange thing to do. You see batsmen holding poses all the time, but this was just a, a block. He just it was a defensive block back to the bowler, and he held the pose for an age. And the camera, the camera just focused in on him. Uh, they didn't really talk about it. It was just something I, I kind of noticed. I just thought it was a bit of a strange moment. He doesn't seem to me, and hasn't done for a long time, to be comfortable with where his game is at. Um, and 
you know, who would be when you've only played two tests in X amount of time. I understand that. But Joe Root, going back three or four years, he was like Ollie Pope. You know, there was that touch of quality. There was that immediacy about his game. He went at a good strike rate. There wasn't uh, a glaring weakness in his game. Sometimes went on the back foot, pushing at balls that he could leave alone. Now, he just I, it just seems to me he's got maybe a tired mind, a lack of confidence. George DeBell asked him a, quite an interesting question in the, uh, the, pre- the press conference uh, yesterday or the day before the first day. And he said, watching Sibley and Stokes bat, is there anything you can learn from the approach they brought to their game? Well, he got himself run out. <laughs> so the answer is no. Don't run. <laughs> um, one other thing as well. Roston Chase is so underrated. You were quite dismissive of, of his no, abilities. he's not underrated. He he's correctly is. rated. He is not. He has performed more than adequately with the ball. Terrific fielder. And also, he's weighed in with really valuable runs throughout this series. If That doesn't he... mean he's overrated. That means up until this point in his career... Uh, he hasn't done as well as this, which if he wouldn't be overrated if he was consistently taking wickets like this. Everyone would think he would, he was really good. He doesn't consistently take wickets like this. His fielding's always been quite rated, but um, he's a very good athlete uh, in in the field. He's got good instincts as well. Can be a very good catcher at times, although they, they use him in other positions in the West Indies. But his batting, I think he has improved on this series because he doesn't generally face seam bowling very well. He's usually a brilliant player of spin. He's been so good against him. He's certainly raised his game against that. But I don't think he's been overrated. I think he's just played better than he usually does, which is good. That's that's a thing. Uh, five centuries in 34 test matches. That's pretty healthy. Eight fifties as well. I agree. I mean, he is a, a slower pitch batsman. That's absolutely for sure. But when you consider how few test matches these guys play as well, uh, he would have had oh. way more uh, exposure and experience under his belt by this point. He's also batting at five, you know. Yeah. I think he was picked late as well. Um, so, weirdly enough, the only time I rated Roston Chase massively was when he wasn't getting picked because he was dominating first-class cricket in West Indies for quite some time. So I think he actually started later than he probably could have, which perhaps has helped his, his numbers a little bit because you see some of these West Indian cricketers, they're thrown in with virtually no first-class uh, cricket behind them. So, you know, he understands his game. And he look, he's limited, but so is Dom Sibley, so is Rory Burns, you know, so is Chris Wokes. There's a lot of really good cricketers out there that are limited. We're looking, we are always looking for this sort of ultimate cricketer. He's not, he's not that um, kind of cricketer at all, but... Uh, you know, he has certainly, for whatever reason, someone, someone English really did something to annoy him once early in his life. And he has, he has kept that grudge. It wasn't me. Cool fact, a crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Also, you can get health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage for you. Learn more at UH1.com. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. 
The following on podcast is proudly sponsored by Barbados Tourism. If your passion for travel is on par with your passion for cricket, then I have some excellent news. The ICC Men's Cricket T20 World Cup final is being hosted in Barbados this June, which makes it the perfect destination for your summer holidays this year. To make the most of your trip, you can also experience eight matches from the series in Barbados, including England against Scotland and England against Australia. In under a month's time, you could be spending your days exploring the vibrant streets of Bridgetown, drinking rum in the sunshine and experiencing exotic Bayesian delicacies in the culinary capital of the Caribbean. There truly is something for everyone. There's no need to wait a second longer. Head to visitbarbados.org forward slash cricket today to book the trip of a lifetime to Barbados. Truly the best place to be a cricket fan. Shot of the day. Ollie Pope's on drive. Next question. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> looking at one of the points you made, you know, about it's been a bugbear of mine. It's almost like a modern day phenomenon. Players can't rotate the strike anymore. Well, he can rotate the strike. He's, he scores freely all around the wicket. Um, I mean, he's very, very strong on the drive and that shot will be his undoing on occasion. But, you know... That's that's the same with any batsman. Their their favourite shot is very often the shot they get out to the most. Um, but yeah, a couple of those drives, and it's just the speed he gets on with his game, isn't it? It's um, it must be very very difficult to set a field to someone like Ollie Pope. Ball of the day. I thought Raheem Cornwall's carrying ball was quite interesting, but it didn't. It was still clubbed away for a couple. He dropped it a bit short, didn't he? It's probably Kima Roach to Ben Stokes, just because at that point the ball had sort of stopped moving. Ben Stokes looked like he was completely on top, and I I was actually thinking, I wonder how you would get him out in this situation other than drying him up again. And suddenly Kima Roach just curved one uh, through the gap. It was an incredible ball. Stokes didn't play it well, but he also didn't see it coming, and sometimes that's why you don't play the ball well if you're not being conditioned. So I thought that, I mean, that that is the skill of Kima Roach, being able to swing the ball that violently later on when most bowlers can't. Uh, Dominic Sibley is turning into England's Marcus North. Uh, that's his second duck in the series. He scored a century in the second Test match. Um, but again, I thought Kamar Roach was, he, that was a beautiful setup as well. A bit of double bluff with the field placings on the leg side. And, you know, there was a bit of pent up frustration from Roach because he was, went wickedless in first Test. He was a, he's been a bit unfortunate. He's not quite been the player that we were expecting. But you could almost hear them say that I love it when a plan comes together. Um, mm. That was a good delivery early on as well. Lol of the day. I think it has to be the way that, especially the commentators, just try to describe Rakeem Cornwall without mentioning his actual body size while only talking about his actual body size. I mean, at one stage, Bumble <laughs> called him Jolly. I, I, I know Rakeem. He's a lovely guy. Jolly is the furthest word away. And who whoever calls a really skinny guy Jolly? No one ever calls a skinny guy Jolly, do they? So, you know, and you do see that. You see that sort of obsession with him in social media. He was trending on Twitter at one stage, despite the fact he, he didn't bowl particularly well, only took one catch and barely moved from slip. Um, uh, so for me, it was, it's that... It's that sort of not wanting to fat shame him. And also love the fact that, you know, there's, there's a lot of people who are just genuinely excited that a man of his size 
in every way is playing test cricket. Like he is an NFL linebacker playing test cricket with Barrett Sundarasan wrote a piece about literally the San Francisco 49ers contacted him to see if he might want to change careers only at, what, a year or two ago. That's that's the size of Raheem Cornwall. So it is he is a ridiculous uh, sort of person in that way. But just listening to the sort of the modern discourse on him, 20 years ago, it would have just been, I mean, it wasn't that long ago that Old Trafford had a bunch of jokes about, was it Mike Gadding's weight in the, uh, in the toilets? Uh, <laughs> it didn't say if it was a, was it, if it was a pie, it wouldn't have got past him on the Shane Warm ball or whatever the, the, the old Martin Johnson joke was or whoever the writer was that came up with it. Uh, we've moved on a little bit now. So now it's a little bit more coded with the language, but he is just a absolute giant of a human being. And he brings such joy just by existing. Well, he says pretty jolly. Um, <laughs> it's, it's unfair to, to laugh. And actually it's not a low moment of the day. It's, it's been a bit of an awkward moment of the day throughout the day, but let me take you back to day five of the first test match. Now, uh, Dowrich had batted really well in first innings. Uh, he was coming to the crease and it hit 20. West Indies were on the verge of winning that test match. Um, and much of the narrative was about how well Dowrich had come back from the 2017 tour when he averaged about four and of, Really struggled behind the stumps. I may mention the fact that he'd got a little bit of coaching from James Foster. And then Joffre Archer just kept targeting with a short delivery and he could not handle it. He was out shortly afterwards. Anyway, West Indies win the test. We kind of didn't think about it much until, of course. Uh, and this is the brilliance of test cricket, isn't it? Because in the same way that the West Indies have worked out, there's no point wasting the new ball against uh, Dominic Sibley and just trying to bore him out. That's not going to work. Everybody else in the England side watched the way Dowrich completely struggled to deal with the short ball. And that's how he's been targeted ever since. Scored a pair in the second test. And similarly, although not helped by Shannon Gabriel's wayward line, um, he's just been an absolute disaster behind the stumps. And you can see the confidence has drained from him as a batsman in one test and is drained from him as a wicketkeeper as well because... He wasn't just dropping balls that were swinging markedly. He was dropping everything by the end. There was, I think it was when they came out after tea. They, every time he took a ball cleanly, the West Indians would cheer and get up. And I was just like, I can, see, I can imagine, and I'm not saying this was Roddy Eswick, but, but I don't know some of the other coaching staff as well, but I can imagine Roddy Eswick and some of the other coaching staff involved with the West Indies being just like, just get behind him, boys, really pump him up. But it seemed ironic. Um, and then, like, Jason Holder, like, patted him on the head at one stage, and I was just like, oh, he's not, he... And, look, last couple of years, he's averaged 40 in test cricket against Duke's balls. I know they don't swing as late or as much in the Caribbean, but certainly the same kind of balls. He's transformed himself as a cricketer. He's a leader within that team. To see them cheer him taking simple takes is, it's painful. I, I think you're right. It's, it's not a lull of the day. It, it was a lull of the day at one stage in the test. Sorry, in one stage in the series, it is well beyond lol level now. It's cringeworthy now. And look, I really like him. I think he is, if he can continue to be the batsman that he has been around the world, I think that it's a really good thing for West Indies cricket to have someone like him. But he looked terrible against, he looked like he had a technical flaw against a short ball that I'm not sure he'll be able to overcome um, now that everyone seems to uh, have realised that. I hope I'm wrong. 
Anodyne press conference moment of the day. Well, delivering today's Anodyne moment of the day is England's starlet, Ollie Pope. You know, you've got to try and stay as level as you can, especially as a batter. Um, there's as many bad days as there's good days, even, for, I guess, for the best in the world. So you've got to try and deal with those bad ways in, in the best way possible. Just yet, in my mind, you've got to try and stay level, which is what I'm trying to get better What is going to happen tomorrow? What's going to happen tomorrow, Jared? Uh, it's, I would assume now that the way that we've sort of seen this, West Indies should get a couple of quick wickets with that, with that ball swinging around. Uh, you know, Butler or Pope is probably going to nick off early on. They'll be able to put a bit more pressure on them early in the morning. Um, but I think West, West Indies are already behind the eight ball here. I'm not sure they have the ability to score. Uh, you know, I'm not sure they have the ability to score 400. And they, because Pope got away from them, and then a little bit of Butler, but it was mostly Pope, let's be honest, uh, got away from them. I think that uh, I think they're probably England are, are going to get to close to 400 now, unless something miraculous happens in the morning. But you do have Wokes at seven. You do have Bess. I, you know, Wokes I rate a little bit with the bat. Bess, I honestly, if the ball's moving around, I can't imagine he's going to make more than a good 20 or 30. He'll make a lot of good 20 and 30 odds. This idea that he's an all-rounder, I think, is uh, a way overblown for him. He's, he's a bowler who can hold the bat in certain situations. So... If they can get through to those guys, perhaps they can, you know, blow a couple of way. But I, I would assume that England still, you know, go towards high 300s, low 400s minimum. And then uh, if, if Butler and um, Pope can stay in, uh, anything is possible. But I don't see West Indies blowing them out for, you know, 350 or something like that. Yeah, I agree. Um, hey, who would you rather have in your side, Chase or Bess? Ooh, I suppose... Ooh, that... I mean, they're not like for like, are they? Because no. one bats in the top six and one doesn't. Um, I mean, in this series form, I would probably have Chase. Uh, the, the thing about Bess is, I've, I think I've said this a lot on TalkSport before, he hasn't played much. He's the second spinner for his county side. Suddenly, he's the number one spinner for England. We have no idea how good he is going to be. It's very. There's a huge chance he'll end up being a very average cricketer or a very good cricketer. He, you know, there's so much left to go. If I was going to pick between the two, for the next test, I would probably pick Chase. But if I was going into the future, I might pick Best. But that, you know, now you've, you've gone down a rabbit hole. Well, I'm, I'll, I'll send you a 4,000-word WhatsApp later uh, <laughs> to explain my thoughts more clearly. Uh, my forecast for day two is a lot of rain. Um, I think West Indies mentally are behind the game. And I agree. I think England are going to score 350, 400. Uh, there'll be a wicket or two, I'm sure. Uh, Butler tomorrow against the new ball will be interesting. Um, and then the pressure's going to be on. Um, West Indies, really. It will be like the second test match, trying to avoid the follow-on. But we will find out and see. This game makes fools of us all. Uh, Jared, great stuff. Uh, get some sleep. I'll be back, or we'll be back at the end of day two, even if there's no rain, or even if there is rain. Uh, either way, we did a full podcast last week when day three was washed out. So, uh your presence is still required. Uh, thanks for listening to the following on podcast. You can listen to us on Acast, on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, uh, and we will be back after day two of the third test match between England and West Indies at Old Trafford.
The following on podcast is proudly sponsored by Barbados Tourism. And this is your gentle reminder that Barbados is the best place to be a cricket fan. With eight matches from the ICC Men's T20 Cricket World Cup Series taking place in Barbados this summer, including the final, you can experience the summer of a lifetime by booking today. Aside from immersing in world-class cricket in the sunshine, Barbados is the dream destination for all travel enthusiasts. It is where adventure meets paradise, the culinary capital of the Caribbean, and better still, the birthplace of rum. If you are keen to unite with cricket fans across the globe for what is set to be an unforgettable summer, then head to visitbarbados.org forward slash cricket today. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here, and it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at hellofresh.com. 